Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles, your favorite daily Florida State podcast, videocast, and everything in between. We are the guys behind Knowles Anonymous that transitioned to Locked on Seminoles, and we are so happy to be here every day of the week, five days a week. Follow us collectively on Twitter at Knowles Anonymous. Follow us individually. We'll give you those handles later. Today, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about Kenny Dillingham. Is he going out to Eugene, Oregon? Time will tell. But if he does, I wonder if he'll be running, you know, Nike. Anyway, uh, and then after that, we're going to look at some personnel moves around the map. We got some of our guys leaving. Some of our guys announced they're staying unnecessarily. We got some guys in the transfer portal, and uh, we want to know what's happening. And then we are going to talk a little bit about basketball because, well, I already disappointed my kid today. I'd like to disappoint all of you. Drake, roll that video and let's do this thing, buddy. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So yeah, folks, before we get into the great show we have for you today, I just want to kind of do some some housekeeping, say thank you, because I love that y'all listen to us do what we do. That way we can keep doing what we do. If you're on the podcast app, hit that uh, little plus sign in the top right corner. That will follow us. We'll pop to the top of your queue every day, Monday through Friday. If you're on YouTube, like the video, make sure you subscribe and hit that bell. So when we decide to randomly go live, wild card, you guys will be notified and you'll be able to hop in. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Knowles Anonymous, at Tally underscore underscore Drake, at Go Knowles with N-O. Whatever it is. No, I don't knows. know what it is. And me at Max Moody 17 because, well, I made it in 2017 and I am just that damn creative. One little shameless plug I will say for YouTube. If you guys hear something and you're on, uh, you're on the podcast app and you want to respond to it immediately in real time, go to YouTube where you can comment on individual videos. We love hearing the feedback. We like to respond. We like doing all that good stuff. But guys, speaking of liking things, how are you all doing today? We're doing great, Max. End of recruiting time. I can't wait for this sh- to be over. I don't have to look at Twitter again for another six months. Yeah, folks, if you guys don't know, Dave is old and he is terrible at Twitter and doesn't understand that the T in Twitter stands for trolling. But Max, I am doing well. Just got back from the gym. I'm coming slightly down from my pre-workout high. Let's do this thing. Yeah, yeah. So so Dave, you are like the poster child, right? Of um that that Netflix episode, you know, where all the people that have become multimillionaires off of social media have now decided it's bad. They're like, guys, we Man, you know, it's like the cigarette executive being like, yeah, man, we really, someone should have stopped us sooner. Gosh, too bad. I guess I'll go get my Bentley and I'll think about what I did. But anyway, get yourself off Twitter. Guys, we got to talk about Kenny Dillingham. Speaking of Twitter, I was in some Oregon spaces today. No, wasn't in the state of Oregon. Wasn't Bad playing a game on my computer where I got dysentery. I was literally in the space on Twitter with a bunch of Oregon fans. Oregon I can tell you, Drake, you're too young. Yeah. Pleasantly polite people. Um, interesting, interesting bunch, the Oregon fan base. Um, and they were expecting a deal to be done today. Now, the fact that it's not done today, I think, has everyone wondering, is that good? Is that bad? We don't know, but we're going to speculate. Gentlemen, do you think more time is on our side, or do you think more time is a leaning towards he's headed off to Eugene? 
Um, in my personal opinion, I mean, we've all like, you know, worked at offices, you know, or bigger companies or whatever. Typically when you hear someone saying, you know, I need more time or, or when you hear, you know, reports are out there saying that he is still listening to me, that goes to show that one, there's an offer out there. I think we all can confirm that from people that we've talked to also on the timeline too, even though Dave, you hate Twitter, you're supposed to get your news. And two, that probably means that FSU is preparing for a counter or they've already given a counter. So he's going to get, give some time to thought. So in my personal opinion, if he's still listening at this point, and we all know how Phil Knight kind of likes to screw us over when it comes to, you know, paying for assistance. Look at Jim Levitt a few years ago. Look at the way he, you know, basically has been buying out everybody else. To me, I wouldn't be surprised that Ken Dillingham actually maybe kind of takes the money and goes over to Oregon to kind of be the secondhand man to Dan Lanning and that staff. Yeah, I will say this. I hope we don't end up in a bidding war with Oregon because, like yeah, it or yeah. not, they have all the money in the world, and that is not where I want to put all our eggs. I, I, I'm indifferent to Kenny Dillingham. I take him or leave him, uh, but I don't need to be paying seven figures for a coach that I feel indifferent about. So my feeling on Dillingham is that you can, I really like Kenny Dillingham. He's a young, ambitious guy. He wants to be a head coach and he will be, I, he's going to be a very good head yeah. coach. One day. I'm confident in that. But for what we're paying him, I don't feel that we can't get someone just as good in maybe a different respect, right? Maybe he's better with quarterbacks. This person will be a better game plan designer. There'll be some pluses and minuses, but I think for the money we can get someone equivalent to, and if we really decide to invest under this new athletic director, he may actually open up the spot for Alex Atkins to come in and us to get an even potentially better offensive coordinator in Alex Atkins. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I said this when we were talking before the show, but I think the point still resonates is that um, Dan Lanning is a risk for Oregon because he's 35 years old. He's the whiz kid, right? And if you're going to take one kind of risk, I think you should diversify that risk. So if I'm Oregon, I'm kind of looking at this and going, dude, you are our gamble on a young hot shot whiz kid. We don't really want you to bring another one in. So either go get someone older that's trying to bring their career back to life that maybe has had some falls, but has been around the block a time or two, or get someone that's very safe, middle of the road, 40 to 50 year old offensive coordinator that's been proven and hasn't had the drop. I just, I, I don't know. I don't like them taking this kind of unilateral risk of two young hotshot boy geniuses together. I think it's, I think it's risky. Just to be clear, f- Oregon. I hope whoever they hire turns out horribly for They're him. very nice. They're very nice. Folks. I don't right. care about that. I, like I, I don't like what happened in 2014. <laughs> Screw them. Number one. Number two. You know, I kind of hope Dopey Dan goes over there. Something like that, you know? So, okay. So, but that's a good example, right? Like Dan Mulligan. 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 I love it. Yes. Give him a mulligan. Call him Dan Mulligan. No, but but, okay. So that is a great example because we didn't have a good episode or a good example when we were talking about before the episode. Bringing him on as your OC to me is the opposite gamble of Dan Lanning and would make a shit ton of sense, right? Ran a similar offense at Mississippi State, right? With, uh, I believe, Dak Prescott, yeah, two years or so. And then he comes to Florida and say what you want about that team. They could score freaking points under him. So that's what I mean about diversifying the type of risk you're taking, because if he doesn't work out, it will at least be for a different reason. The, anyway, like the, I think the only reason that I wouldn't hire him for that one, I think he has a kind of like that clause in his contract where you get fired. You can't be, you know, and go to certain schools like after you get fired. And two, you're going to be recruiting against Lincoln Riley now in the, in the West. Dan Mullen, it's a known fact that man hates recruiting. <laughs> so yeah. if I'm Dan Lanning, I am not hiring literally dead weight when it comes to the recruiting trail. We have to go up against. Lincoln Riley, and I think Kalen DeBoer is now the new head coach over actually at Washington also as well. So that's going to be kind of an issue there too. So to me, 
I think the Kane Dillingham hire kind of makes a little more sense because as much as we, you know, we dislike it, typically speaking, when you a head coach hires a coordinator or staff, it's always people that they know whether they like it or not. It's simply because, you know, it's a lot easier for me to go, you know, man to man. Like whenever me, you or Dave, you know, disagree on something for the show, we can actually have a conversation about it and talk our way through to a, you know, a problem or to a solution. Like that's why I see, you know, coaches that maybe leave after a single year because the messaging personas don't match. So it's kind of like a risk in both senses of the word. So. Yeah. So two, two things. One, I got to correct something you said. I don't know that it's a Dan Mullen recruiting problem at Florida. As far as I'm concerned, what they're doing right now, I think it's a Florida recruiting problem at Florida because Napier ain't doing it over there either. That's number one. Number two, look, if Dillingham leaves or not, either way, the fact that our assistants are getting these looks for these high-level positions in schools with money and schools that have recent success, that's a good thing. Whether he takes the job or not, I want our coaches getting looks like that. And that's that's just a testament to Norvell's the guy that coached around Mike Norvell and with him. He does a good job with his coaches. Yeah, and everyone will tell you that, right? When you see your coaches go on to bigger and better things, it is a testament to the head coach. Speaking of diversifying, because that's where I was, and then I let the guys talk, and now I'm going back <laughs> to it. If you guys want to make sure that your online gambling yields the best results you got to diversify a bit you can't put all your eggs in one basket and to do that you should go to the place with the most lines with the most props with the most possible wagers you can throw out there so you can be as selective as humanly possible while getting as much money down as you want to betonline.ag is that place guys go to betonline.ag make an account use promo code locked on you know how to spell it it's right there on your screens if you're watching on youtube if you're listening in the car it's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and they will match your first deposit up to $100 at betonline.ag when you use promo code Locked On. And when you're done doing that, guys, I got one more way for you to play on the weekend, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday, on Dash, on Dancer, on Prince, on Vixen, and that is Prize Picks. You download it in the App Store, the Google Play Store. It is a unique spin on daily fantasy. I hate to tell you folks this, but the reality is. If you play traditional daily fantasy, you're probably not going to win. There's guys like my old classmate, Dr. John, who has a PhD, who designs his own systems, and he works with a bunch of dudes that are way smarter than me, way smarter than him, designing and perfecting these systems where they win hundreds of thousands of dollars a year playing daily fantasy. You can't compete. But this simplifies that. You're not trying to score fantasy points with the right, correctly configured lineup. You're picking a team of three to five guys. Each guy has his own stat. If he's a running back, is he going to go over or under this set number of rushing yards? If you pick right on three out of five with bet online or with, a, am sorry, prize picks, you're going to win some money back on your entry. If you pick right on four or five, you're going to win some more money on your entry. And if you go to prize picks, you download it, use promo code locked on, and you get the welcome bonus of $100 when you put $100 in and you put 20 of that, on your entry and you hit five of five, well, you are going to get $200 back on your entry because it is a 10 to one, folks. So download prize picks, use promo code locked on, all that good stuff. Enjoy it now. Thank me later. Now we're back and let's keep spitting the fire. Let's talk personnel, the people, not personal with a French accent. We got some people, well, let's address our side first, right? So today we saw Jay Sean Corbin is going to the NFL. He announced his intentions to declare for the draft. Wish him the best of luck. Um, look, there's not much to say on Jay Sean. It's going to be what it's going to be. I'm not a draft analyst. If you, I, I think all three of us are of the same opinion. 
Could see him going anywhere from the second to sixth round. Could see him not getting drafted and picking up a spot the old-fashioned way. It just really depends on how he performs at the combine. The doctors yeah. are going to evaluate the hamstring injury. They're going to want to see about that. Um, I will say the reality is he comes from a school. And like it or not, everyone's a little lazy, so we rely on schemas and pre-programmed reactions that has now produced back-to-back great running backs and Dalvin Cook and Cam Akers, and it doesn't hurt to have that logo on your helmet during your highlight tape. It's a subconscious thing, but that is legitimately going to help him to be wearing garnet and gold on those tapes that these guys see because they're thinking Cam Akers, Dalvin Cook, even before that, um, help me out here, uh, Chris Thompson, uh, uh, Devontae Freeman, those types of names are going through your head as you see garnet and gold running backs. So good luck to the guy. In a weird move, sorry to call the kid out, but it was just kind of bizarre. Uh, Amari Gaynor wrote a five-paragraph letter to let us know he would be staying. Um, I wasn't aware there were alternative options, but it was it was good to know he'll be here next year. So thank you for that. Um, and then two guys up the road, three and a half hours, if you go up to Macon, Georgia, hang a Louie and proceed west, announced that they will be transferring from the University of Auburn. Bo Nix, Tank Bigsby are both in the portal. Drake, you're more plugged in with the Auburn folks. What's the, are they a package deal? Was it just coincidence? They declared within like 24 hours of each other. What's going on with these two guys? So I got a friend of mine who actually is an Auburn booster. Um, and he actually heard rumblings that Bo Nix was going to transfer out a few weeks ago. Uh, I talked to him a little bit today. He did not know about the Tanks Bigsby thing. That was a little smoke behind that because Brian Harson is not the most popular you know, coach down there right now at the moment. So he most likely won't be having a job in January. Uh, I probably, you know, after the end of the year, you can read between the lines before that. With Tank Bigsby probably going out, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he heads to, you know, a school that he's familiar with, like a coach, Kenny Dillingham, because as we saw already with DJ Williams, he actually already left out as well. With Bo Nix, it's a little more interesting primarily because he has that do not contact, um, do not contact tag actually when he entered the transfer portal. So what that explain that a bit? You, yeah, sorry, because I, I don't know what that means. So basically what that is kind of like you, you already have your intentions known to where you're going to be going to. And with do not ta- do not contact tag, typically schools are not permitted to speak to you. As from my understanding of how the transfer portal uh, issue works, so that to me means that Bo Nix already has a set place in mind for going once you actually enter the portal. Because typically speaking, when you enter the portal, you get announced two days later, but your paperwork has already been filed before actually your name is out there in the press and out there in the media. So to me, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Bo Nix probably head to wherever Candelingham is at. If Kenny Dillingham is the offensive coordinator at FSU next year, he's going to probably be coming down here. If Kenny Dillingham takes a job at Oregon, I wouldn't be shocked, actually, if he, took the job, if he went over to Oregon to hang out with him because Kenny Dillingham, for those of you that don't, don't know, was the Auburn OC when we hired him and also helped Bo Nix become the SC freshman of the year in a year that he beat Oregon in game one and also beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl as a freshman. And also, he's undefeated against Nick Saban in uh, football games. So that's actually kind of his interesting uh, fact, too, as well. Yeah, hey. thanks, Tank Bigsby. Uh, talk about slide right in to replace replace losing a good running back. Tank Bigsby was again the reason a talented running back in DJ Williams left Auburn in the first place. Uh, he would be the best running back on our roster right away from day one, no question. Uh, I saw a lot of people on Twitter today talking, and yeah, me on Twitter. A lot of people talking about, oh yeah, how have transfer quarterbacks worked out for FSU? People kind of forget that. Right now, our starting quarterback pretty well, actually. Yeah, a transfer quarterback. Yeah, like you and, and another one almost beat Notre Dame, who finished the season number five right. in the country. So yeah, I mean they've worked out pretty well for us. Um, 
Right. We And we need a quarterback, and now we need a running back. And from my understanding, that high school number is locked at 25, how many recruits you can take. But the transfer number, depending on how many people transfer out of your school, actually adds to that number. So if we're going to add somebody at the court, another person at the quarterback spot, another player at the running back spot, it makes a lot more sense to do that at the transfer level, especially because a lot of experience and we'll need it at those spots. Yeah. So I, I think the way it works, Dave, is you get 25 people, no matter what, right. Yeah. You can bring in 25, they could be 25 transfers. They could be 25 high schoolers, but it's capped at 25, but you get seven additional transfers over that 25. Once that 25 is full. So I guess it's like the mix can look like whatever it looks like up to 25. And then the seven, Additional spots have to be transfers. That's part of the COVID rules. And you still have to fit within that. Was it 83 scholarships? 85. 85. 85. So you still have to fit within that 85 number. though. That's the one thing with COVID is that hasn't been, that cap hasn't been raised. So that's why this staff needs to get some attrition going. Um, we may not have time to get to basketball because there's one thing I really want to talk about that actually popped into my head. But first, oh, no. um, guys, let me tell you about something concrete. And that is Omaha Steaks. Um, I don't know what to tell you about Omaha Steaks because there is so much. I mean, there's look, this is just us talking, right? It's you, it's me, a thousand or so of our best friends here. There are very few sponsors I get fired up about ahead of time, right? Like I'll use the stuff and I'll start to like it. I like prize picks. I don't gamble, so I don't really use betonline.ag. But when I saw McDonald's, I was pumped. When I saw Omaha Steaks, I was fired up. If you haven't used it before, Trust me, I don't care if you're old school, I got to go to the butcher to get my meat, or if you just never really make steak and you say, hey, maybe it'd be nice to have a couple steaks for when, you know, the family all comes in town for the holidays. Omaha steak will impress you. It does not matter what your standards are. It doesn't matter what you're used to. Omaha steaks is phenomenal steaks. It's a great thing to get around the holidays. I remember for years and years, we would always order the big box, not for the holiday dinner. Let's be honest, we don't have steak on on Christmas dinner. But when you have like six people staying at your house, it's a great thing to have 24 frozen entrees that you can then defrost during the day and you get to grill out every night. And if 24 is a good number for you guys, if you go to Omaha Steaks right now, omahasteaks.com or Google search it, they'll take you there. It doesn't matter. And you go to the search bar and you enter college. They will show you a beautiful, beautiful gift box. 24 entrees for $99.99. Guys, that's like $4 a piece for premium steak chicken and burgers and if you go right now and after you search college and you find that beautiful 99.99 gift box four dollars a piece and you use promo code college when you're checking out they will give you eight additional steaks and burgers gentlemen if you need to impress your father-in-law this christmas because it's your first time hosting it in a new house this will help you do that if you need a gift to take to someone this will help you do that and if you just want to enjoy some delicious red meat over the holidays with your family because that's what America is all about. This gift box will do that. OmahaSteaks.com, folks. Search college, promo code college. You got this. I believe in you. Boom. I know that one was a little long, but boy, do I love some Omaha Steaks. They're like really thin pancakes on Saturday morning. Anyway, I... We have this platform and we try to be positive. And sometimes though, it lets us just vent about things that bother us. And I was thinking about it a little today. And then when I talked about Amari Gaynor's um, announcement that he wasn't going to go pro in something other than sports, it really hit me. I am very disappointed by how we have handled the linebacker position this offseason. I know it's early. 
But to Dave's point about the rule, we got to clear some headroom to bring in more transfers and more college, and more high school kids. We need to flip this roster. If you talk to anybody that knows anything, which our listeners do because they listen to this podcast every day, we need to flip probably 25 to 30 spots on that roster of guys that just aren't Florida State quality and they're not going to become that quality and it's time to get them out of here. I'm not saying Amari is like a totally hopeless case. He's had some good games. But him doing that kind of big announcement to me was like, oh my gosh, Like this guy thinks he's the hero of the linebacking core. He could be a good player next year. But him in that kind of role is like, yikes. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It's like kind of I mean, he actually had a where we need him. No, I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, I think he had a better year than, you know, actually most of us kind of expected. He had a better year than I thought. But I think it is also is important because he did have the opportunity to leave. And he probably could have gone to the draft. He might he might have, you know, got somewhere in the practice squad, maybe got drafted based on tangible alone, maybe done with that. But it shows how like our depth is, you know, really poor right now. And quite honestly, I'm actually I'm happy we have somebody else coming back because we did lose two more kids to the linebacking core. Actually, to the portal, we still have, you know, Kalen Delotes, you know, our best linebacker, but who else is there? Like, DJ Lundy, to me, still should be, you know, either moved up into the Fox spot or maybe even play fullback because he does not, he's a liability in coverage. We have no idea what we have in JGM, Jadarius Green McKnight, at all because he's a converted safety. So, honestly, I'm not going to fault the kid for, you know, declaring he's coming back. No, I, get what you're, I know, I get what yeah. you're saying, but it's more like he's definitely someone that, like, I actually probably would be a lot more panicking because we lost him because we do need that depth. And someone that has been in defense for a while. Yeah, Max. So before we started Locked On Seminoles, before we started Knowles Anonymous, and kind of what prompted this all to start was every offseason especially, we would have the same conversation. And they would sound a lot like what you just heard from Max. We've been talking about this linebacker problem. We've been talking about the wide receiver problem now for what feels like a half a decade. And it hasn't gotten better. I, I, I don't know how it gets better at this point. I mean, our linebackers coach just left. Hopefully, Randy Shannon can recruit better than we have at the linebacker position. Ron Dugans is still coaching the receivers. If we don't land Kevin Coleman, this class is going to be a catastrophe. It's still those two positions that are the problem. Yeah, we need a gainer to come back because at this point, he's one of the best linebackers. I, I, I agree. Roster. I agree. My, my point is, I guess, kind of building on that is yeah, you need him. And that's the sad part is like yeah. Gainer should yeah. not be a guy that you're like, thank goodness. I mean, he did a full blown announcement with graphics and shit, like full blown five paragraphs, about how happy as he's staying. It's like, we're, we're, look, we're happy to have another body in the linebacker. Court. We are, especially a guy that knows the scheme, a guy that knows the defense, but that's not my, that's not my main gripe. The, my main gripe is not that Amari Gainer staying. It's that it's Amari Gainer being celebrated as our best linebacker, at least in his own mind on top of a very, very deflating, in my opinion, hire of Randy Shannon, a guy that like has literally coached at three other Florida schools. And besides, if you really want to get into some statistics, maybe he had a decent defense under Muschamp, but like how much of that was Muschamp and the team sucked, has not done well at three other Florida schools. And we didn't even really seem to do a search, right? It's like, oh, he's got South Florida ties. Does he? I don't know. We'll see. We just lost Wesley Bassain. Two days into Randy Shannon being announced as the the co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach, you lose the biggest linebacker you have on your board. That's not fun. And maybe some of it was confusion about Chris Marv, but if it was an internal promotion, then our our high-level staff clearly knew, hey, we're going to promote this guy. And they would have told the Saints people that. They would have known that. And they would have made it. They made a business decision based on probably who was getting promoted and a 
couple other things. But, you know, and then on top of that, it's like, who's on our board after Bassane? Who are we, you know, who are we really seeing pop up in the transfer? It's just like, it's going to be another really long year of slant routes over the middle going for 25 yards pop. And this is where I kind of like push back a little bit on people saying how it's a little bit different with Mike when it comes to having a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. If you like, like Dave's saying right now, Kevin Coleman was number one wide receiver on our board. Number two was Devon Mortimer. Kevin Coleman right now, in my personal opinion, by the Oregon hire, I mean, sorry, the Miami hire of Mario Cristobal, I would not be surprised if Kevin Coleman lands in Miami. And to me, our backup plan is Devon Mortimer, who just today, if you, you know, go over in 247 Sports on our article, he actually is not still 100% committed to the school and actually took a visit to Louisville last week. And then with linebacking core, where's Daniel Martin? Where's DeMario Tolan? I don't see any other backup plans behind him. Wesley Besaint, who you knew was going to be very difficult to grab because he's in, in the heart of Miami. It's a very, it's a different, very difficult place to get. And it's from a, a position group where you knew the coach coming in was not known for the recruiting prowess. And he's always had closing issues since he was at Mississippi State. So to me, it just goes to show that like as much as we you know, like to say how Mike has been doing a lot better recruiting, I don't see the backup plans or the contingency plans are going to come into fruition with either of these spots. And that, to me, is very concerning. Especially considering Mikey Mike was a receiver back in the day. And we happen to be in a state where receivers grow on trees. There are an awful lot of uh, quick bodies in the state of Florida. And we don't seem to be targeting anyone outside the couple. We don't need two receivers. Even if we have a plan B, we need like five receivers. Why the hell aren't we offering just everybody in the so- mother and taking five? I, I will say with the receiving core, that one is a little more forgivable to me. It's not forgivable that Ron Dugan is still on staff. I don't get that at all. Like he should be, he's here because of Kevin Coleman. And if we don't get Coleman, I genuinely think you probably see Dugan's move on. And uh, we have a mutual parting of ways if you catch my drift. That being said, it's a long game, recruiting is. And this is really Mike Norvell's first recruiting class. So the fact that he's even sniffing a top 10 class is mind blowing to me because, you know, short recruiting class, and then COVID year. Um, him playing receiver in college, I'm with you to a degree. Look, sorry, folks in the, you know, bootleg of Kansas, um, playing receiver, like whatever he was, central Arkansas, like he didn't, you know I mean? It's not, it's not like how Pat, um, Pat Fitzgerald played linebacker, right? Pat Fitzgerald was a big, all big 10 linebacker who played in the NFL. And then now he should be recruiting linebackers. You know, it's like, Mike, I don't really pay that much stock to it. Um, sorry, I got a little sidetracked, but. The point I'm making is that with recruiting being a long game, I think they probably have been just as surprised as we have by how little the young receivers on the team have panned out. So linebacker, I'm not letting him off the hook because we've known that's a disaster. I do think receiver is a newer development because we even said after the spring game, we expected that to be a strong position this year. I think they expect it to be a strong position this year. And a lot of those guys have been misses. and It sucks, but they haven't had as much time to you know scramble and come up with the plan Bs and build the relationships they need. So. Uh, I think that one's more, you know, getting caught flat-footed. But linebacker to me is inexcusable, and it's just deflating is the best word I got for it. Let me leave you one final comment here. Please do. This is going to be a really exciting recruiting class. Mm-hmm. We probably don't have any business finishing top 10-ish, and we're going to. But there's still going to be a large part of me that's going to be sour about the fact that we struck out yet again at the position we've known for way – two positions we've known for way too long are a problem, didn't address them, probably going to, and it's a good thing, have to play Travis Hunter at receiver, but behind him, same problem. 
Yeah, I think you should play receiver regardless. Like it's a kid's just that good. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I think no, it's I, I think that's a great way to summarize it, man. It is it is disappointing, but we're gonna have to hit the transfer portal. Transfer portal is basically free agency at this point, folks. We will be tracking the transfer portal. More importantly, we will be tracking National Signing Day, early National Signing Day, which is this week. We'll be on Twitter at Knowles Anonymous. Check us out at Tally underscore underscore Drake at Max Moody 17. All those good things. And make sure, most importantly, you check us out tomorrow because we're here five days a week. I'm Max. That was Dave. That was Drake. And this was Locked on Seminoles. Thank you.